Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. Nah, I'm Sammy. And with us, we have friend of the show and our most frequent guest ever, Jim. Say hi, Jim. Hey, wow. Most frequent guest. That's an honor. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or you're a glutton for punishment. What are the others? <laughs> welcome. You know, with well, well, it we're is glad truly to have a treasure you. to have Jim with us, uh, the organizer of WheelCon and many events around our local area here. He's always a treat to have and a true pop culture fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I might not have the best taste, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I hold that award. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. Uh, well, it is it? Seeing, seeing and hearing all your voices... Um, I missed you guys. I missed people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some people have been quarantined. Others have been working extra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get to be quarantined one day, <laughs> um, but uh, nobody needs to worry about that. It's fine. Um, we're not we're not here to bemoan our differing fates. Uh, we are here to talk about the headline news. So the newsroom has been very busy. Let's run through. And grab the news. Okay, first up is Tenet. I feel like we talk about Tenet uh, every time we do a new show. It's been for what, six months now? Well, well, think about it. In the past, our new shows always started with the MCU. But now nothing's happening right now. So now it's Tenet every time. <laughs> now, now, the MCU will make up for it next year. I think we've got four MCU movies next year. Now, now that they've been pushed back, all they're all jumbled up in one year. But Yeah. yeah. So Tenet has uh, has really two reasons to be on here this time. Uh, one is it's been rescheduled again. <laughs> Nolan is probably <laughs> spitting you know, furiously around his mansion. But uh, So now we're looking at an August 12th date. Is that right, Sammy? That's correct. That was the last date that I saw when I checked it. So, yeah, I hadn't heard about that until our pre-show, and Sammy had to drop the bomb on us. <laughs> but well, also, I know Nolan had been hanging out for a really hardcore July uh, release, but uh, you know it did get pushed back. But we did get a really phenomenal trailer, and I and I broke down and watched it. I, <laughs> I did. Trailers just make me nervous these days. They they give away too much. And so this being a Nolan movie, I, I was reluctant. So I broke down and watched it uh, for the for our episode. Uh, I, and you're right. It was good. I mean, and I don't think it gave away that much, really. I mean, you've got the premise of like what, what sort of the sci-fi, you know, element of the thing. But I don't feel like we know the story. Right. right? Yeah, it gave you a good background on what, uh, you know, the premise is what the kind of the, the crux of the movie is, the, the, the rub there with the time inversion dilation and whatnot um and how they're using that to stop world crises yeah and and some and sometimes you open the right door and sometimes the wrong door sometimes they're creating the crisis baby i mean there's some intriguing stuff there but i mean i don't feel like we know what the actual crisis is for this film you know right so i, I like the way they did that and it does look awesome <laughs> Well, I was looking at a couple interviews that Nolan had given, and he said that this movie, of all his movies, is the one that is most designed for the big screen. So take that as you will. Uh, hmm. There's been talk of blowing up an actual Boeing 747 in the film. 
they bought an old Boeing and they're supposed to blow it up at some point somehow. So uh, that's going to be pretty phenomenal to see. <laughs> I would like to see that on a big screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, it is actually going to have some competition because I just realized that uh, it's opening the same weekend as Bill and Ted's 3, which I know we'll be talking about later. So um, you'll have Bill and Ted's 3 and Tenet in the same weekend. Uh, I may stay at the theater all day. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> a good trip. <laughs> so what are you guys doing August 12th? <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe Monday I'm putting in for August 12th off of work, but... Uh... <laughs> Well, I think along with that, I mean, if you look at this cast, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. this even with with what you're seeing in the trailer, I mean, Michael Caine and Kenneth Branagh, and you know, we're getting, I guess, pre Battinson and uh, what Elizabeth Debicki. I mean, so there's lots of people that that are in this thing, as typically Nolan has. He he usually has pretty good people as far as who he casts. So, and even when you question him, he turns out to be right in the end. Because <laughs> I've I've scratched my head a few times with a couple of these flicks, and it's and he's always been right. It's always worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did have a question before we move on. I know we need to keep the ball rolling. What accent is Pattinson doing? I can't I can't get a, a feel for it. I've watched the trailer like twice twice now, and I can't really figure out what accent he's doing. Not for sure. Because I think at one point I thought like that sounds like English, and then at one point I thought he was doing some kind of South African accent, and then I thought he was Australian. And another part I'm like, I, what exactly? <laughs> I'm like, is this? Well, I, mean, I was in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the time dilation thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the time yeah. thing. Maybe different times he's at different places. So I, was, I, was, I mean, it could be a story thing, or maybe he's just bad at it. <laughs> I wasn't sure <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Uh, but Tenet has been rescheduled twice now, um, even though it was, you know, so steadfastly resisted. But um, so moving on to our next item is all of the rescheduling. And I think this is more just a chance for us to moan than anything else. <laughs> um, because so many of the things that we were excited for, some of them I think were even on our <laughs> nerd schedule, uh, mm-hmm. are not uh, coming out anytime soon. Um, and so just a... Uh, have there been any new ones other than Tenet moved? I know the Artemis Fowl got 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 pushed straight to Disney Plus. I think yeah, that went straight we to yeah, that went straight to Disney Plus. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I know that Wonder Woman had been pushed to August, but then has now been pushed to October. Yeah. So I don't know if that if we covered on covered that the last time, uh, but you know you had a lot of movies that were 2020 releases that got shoved to 2021. Yeah, uh, you know the the Venom sequel, Morbius, Godzilla versus King Kong, uh, you know a lot of of kind of these tentpole franchises, even Jungle Cruise, and I know we're all heartbroken over that, uh, but so. <laughs> Hey, I I liked that trailer. I know it was just me, but I I was a little intrigued by the trailer. <laughs> but you know they've been pushed to the next year, and and some of them late. Um, what even as of right now with um, Batman, you know, with the Batman, you're looking at August or October 2021. So it was originally supposed to be like a May release, and they've pushed it even to October. Well, so, Benson has to start working out so he can get into shape again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Here he is. He, 
we don't know what movie going is going to be like in a, in a few months. We, I mean, there's yeah, so many um, chains are are in financial trouble, and yeah. um, you know, I mean, we could all. I mean, I'm hoping that eventually some of these movies will end up um, on streaming services, but I mean, and that that may happen as well. But I, I don't. What, what I fear the most is that the traditional going to the movies, um, you know, having these um, treating movies as events is a thing of the past now. And I, mm-hmm. and that, that makes me sad. Well, Jim, I want to kick back a little bit on that statement. I think uh, in movie going, you know, has, you know, I know we've been in the Marvel, you know, DC, you know, everything had to be a blockbuster, uh, which really hurt a lot of your more smaller independent movies. But I think now that people are being more limited, getting out in the theaters are more, you know, financial trouble. They're going to have to pick and choose what movies they're going to show. It may give them an opportunity to show some more, uh, you know, creative independent stuff. But I think that you're going to have a flow more toward these blockbuster movies being an event. Um, you know, that being said, I know uh, where things have been rescheduled and around here. Some of the theaters are actually reopening. And if you guys have theaters around you, please check their websites and pages because, I mean, they've been playing great movies. E.T., Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, you know, Jaws even, uh, theaters locally here. So, you know, some of these movies are having a second life, you know, people who never got the opportunity to see them in theaters. Well, I, can, I, can I float a suspicion slash fear <laughs> past you guys to see what you think about this? Um, I'm afraid that we're not done with the rescheduling. Um, not just because of theater concerns, um, my, my, my theory is, is like, how, how do you organize a movie shoot with all the social distancing stuff you need to have right now in place? Like legally, like all the, all, all the limitations you have, how do you organize a movie shoot? And if that keeps going and they don't have movies in their pipeline, maybe they'll stretch out these things. So maybe there won't be like, you know, new releases, like, like, like you're talking about on August 12th. The two movies come out, then we got Bill and Ted and Tenet. Well, maybe if, it's, if this is still with the same restrictions going into next year, maybe they won't put four Marvel movies out or whatever. And I was like, well, you right. know, we don't have any, we don't have anything else in the pipeline. Maybe we'll keep pushing some of these back. And so, do you, do you think that that might might come into into play? Or I, I'm just I'm afraid these are going to keep getting pushed back because it's just 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 nothing in the backlog. Well, you know, Jim had mentioned that, that concept of streaming. You know, the movie theaters aren't the only places that are suffering from this for lack of content. You know, these streaming services, Disney Plus, you know, HBO Max just launched. You know, the new content they were supposed to get may not be there. So you've got all these subscribers who signed on. I mean, and going back to, you know, the Marvel thing, you know. I'm still seeing Cap and or Winter Soldier and Falcon out in August 2020, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. They were still not finished filming that thing, so unless they do some some major work with something, so I mean, this is affecting theaters, but I think it's also going to affect, like I said, these streaming services. <laughs> yeah, but like, let's say you're Disney and you're you know you're not getting your I mean your Disney Cruise Line is shut down. Your theme park, your park is shut money. down. <laughs> yeah, and you're sitting on you're sitting on four finished Marvel movies. Why would you release them all bunched up in one year? Maybe you make that an eighteen month schedule. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking there might if there might be even more of this stuff getting pushed back. Right. I mean that's that's my concern now. 
Because there's just nothing new coming into the pipeline. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess okay. like Dwayne said, you got to look back at the old stuff again. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe we'll dis- discover some stuff that slipped by us. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of things that might slip by us, uh, Dwayne, not Dwayne, <laughs> Sammy wanted to talk about the Flash movie because it's DC, so it had to be Sammy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Sammy, what do you have? All right. So, you know, this is one of those movies that has has been in limbo. We've constantly heard that that they're going to do a Flash movie, that Ezra Miller still wants to play the Flash. Uh, We've heard of numerous issues with directors, writers, but we got an interesting piece of news. Now, this is not confirmed. This is not signed on the dotted line yet. But there is talks of Michael Keaton coming back as Batman in some form or fashion with Ezra Miller's Flash. Now, there's a lot of ways you could do this. This could be the way to save the franchise and reset everything. So do a Flashpoint. But uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you guys feel about this? The idea of possibly the greatest Batman ever coming back. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I just, I just got trolled. Well, uh, <laughs> well, the third best Batman, um, according to graphic pro- novel, may still be the most popular Batman though. And so, uh, I think it would help. I mean, it might even get this movie made. I don't think it's actually going to get made. <laughs> Well, another talking about this is kind of a Batman Beyond <laughs> Batman, correct? So, yeah. would you still have the younger guy being was it Terry? Well, I Terry think it would be, would be. I think it'd be replacing him with the Ezra Miller Flash. I, I think they're doing Batman Beyond without Batman. It's like Flash Beyond or Flashpoint Beyond or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a good way to launch this franchise. Take it away from. Yeah, just move it. 200 years in the future. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just get mm-hmm. it away from all this continuity mess. And, you know, uh, and you, you can always explain why he can be back in present day, but, you know, maybe merge some ideas from Impulse and, uh, and things of that nature and just create something fresh and something new and tell, you know, create a little nice little world. And I think that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe even 80 years, you know, however, however many years in the future Batman Beyond is, you know, maybe right. that'd be a good good point but just get it away from the mess that that's the DC universe right now well and you know right. that's not not that flashpoint solved anything because that's what took us into the new 52 era but um you know but it is a way to kind of reset the universe you know if they decide to go in that and it's a good way to explain if they're changing actors and roles and things along those lines you know cuz there's even talk about Henry Cavill reprising his role as Superman in this movie also. So you've got Keaton's Batman and Cavill's Superman. To me, that that definitely has to be a time thing, so or a universe thing. And, and you know, what we saw during the crisis on, on, you know, the WB, you know, with or that universe, it's fun. I mean, if you bring in, I mean, there's such a rich history of different actors playing different DC characters. Mm-hmm. Playing mm-hmm. around that, I mean... Uh, it, it can work. It's very effective if it's, done, if it's done well, and I thought it was done well during crisis. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to hear something soon. August 22nd, DC is doing a 24-hour online DC fandom. 
So uh, I have no idea what this is going to be, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that maybe we'll get some idea about all these different projects, comics as well as movies. So we'll see a DC's fandom event. So nobody call Sammy that day. <laughs> that day I'll be sitting. <laughs> 24 hours on my hindquarters. <laughs> Oberon will be playing Master Blaster. <laughs> I'll need I'll need Metron's chair just to survive that day. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it would be fun to see like Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton like make joking comparisons to Affleck's Batman. I think that could be fun. <laughs> like you know, like you know, because Keaton killed people when he in his Batman movies. It's like you know, at least I didn't put machine guns on the Batmobile or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they can all make fun of Bale's growl. I mean, right, right, yeah. it could be a lot of fun in that. It could get real meta with it, you know. It'd be kind of fun. Well, our next and last item of the headline news is, I think, the one Jim was most excited about. I think that was excitement. <laughs> it was. There seemed to be some strong emotion on Jim's face, Friso. <laughs> and it's the Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh, Jim, I'm going to clear out, clear the floor, clear out of your way. What are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? I don't know who these people are that are demanding the Snyder Cut and the fact that they won. They got <laughs> people, I mean, they, Warner, they're going to spend $30 million to bring back this cut. How about the, I hope it's, how about the, I wish I hadn't wasted my money on this movie cut. Or, you know, or the, um, I don't know, I'm just waiting, it's like, what, what are we waiting for? Are we going to wait for all six of them to realize they had a childhood friend named Gary and that was, that's what put them together? <laughs> I don't... After watching Man of Steel, and I didn't even watch Superman vs. that because I, just, I just refused. And the idea that, I mean, Justice League was, was not enjoyable, but I can't imagine anyone thinking, it's like, hey, you know what we need? We need Zack Snyder back to... to <laughs> or the original thing. I, I just don't see it. I don't... I don't I don't get it, but at least I guess you know if you subscribe to HBO Max, you'll get it for you know part as part of your su- subscription. So I think right, fine. But I just don't. It, it bothers me on so many uh, so many aspects. The fact that these people shook their rattles enough where they actually got their way, and I don't know what that's a bad precedent to set. To set. Um, yeah. I really don't. I don't really don't get it. I don't. I, I followed it. It's like all of a sudden, all these blogs are coming out. At least the Snyder cut. It's like why? I mean, you know what you're going to get. And I mean, I... <laughs> well, you know, I, I agree with with Jim. You know, as much as yes, I will sit down and watch this thing. Okay, I will. Everybody sitting here right now, and everybody listening, if they know me, they know I'll sit and watch it. Okay, but I do think it sets an interesting precedent as terms of movies you know what are we going to do are we are we wanting to see every possible movie every movie's cut in different ways you know and and yeah sure this justice league had a lot of issues between Zack snyder doing part of it and then leaving and then joss whedon coming in yeah i mean there were issues but it's not the only movie that that's had these types of issues so i don't know why they think you know as much as i, I do like some of Zack snyder's work I just don't see, is this really the way we want to go as far yeah. as letting, you know, irate trolls on the internet dictate what I do with my franchise? 
Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing, I think the thing that's interesting about this instance of this type of you know fan campaign is it wasn't just a fan campaign. The actors in the movie mm-hmm. were willing to say that the Zack Snyder version was better and different. We, we thought that there was the bits that were different in the movie. The tones were jarring at, at times. You can mm-hmm. tell. Like, yeah. You can see. You can see the oh, yeah. splice lines. Um, but like the actors were all like, "Yeah, the Zack Snyder thing. It was going to be a different movie. It's going to be a better movie." I'm like, I, actors don't normally do that. They're just trying to get you to buy tickets. They want you to see their movie. They don't. Yeah. They're not. And so that that was a different kind of thing. Like, I mean, I think it probably does set a bad precedent. But but that but the that really intrigues me though. The actors were so invested in the Snyder version, and were so critical of the Whedon changes. That that was an intriguing bit of it. Now it is a it is a it is a terrible precedent. <laughs> just is. I can't. Uh, I've got nothing. I mean, but we. I mean, think about all the. I mean, we talked we talked about watching Blade Runner on, on this show. I mean, and which, we had to have the discussion exactly. Like we had to have that discussion. Which cut? Who's watching which cut? Kind of thing. Right. I mean, and. Are we going to do that with every movie from now on? Blade Runner, that was like a unique thing with Blade Runner. Right. And it was it was because of so much infighting between the director and the the studio. We, I don't want that to be for every movie going forward. And that, where does that leave us? Like, you know, where does it stop? If what, we don't want to film The Last Jedi because Mark Hamill wasn't happy? <laughs> yeah. I heard, I mean, where I does heard it stop? Spielberg's coming in to fix that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing, there are. Many, 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 many more passionate fans with the Star Wars franchise. I mean, are they, I mean, all they, after seeing this, I'm surprised they're not really picking something to rally around and pressure Disney to do something about, you know, what, exactly. what, what, what's the, you know, what's going to be their cause? What's going to be, uh, you know, is Ray going to be erased from, um, <laughs> from the new trilogy? Are they going to read, well, you know. I mean, what? you're gonna put that you walks back to not blinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut them. Um, <laughs> I don't know who these people are and what their expectations are, and how is this gonna solve anything? It's thirty million dollars. I mean, yeah. You know. Well, I, I think I think they're doing that to try to sell you know HBO you know subscriptions. I mean, I think I think they're expecting to get that many more that's gonna be worth the investment. And, and yes, because the people who would complain on the internet are also the type that would actually pay for a subscription for a movie, uh, <laughs> or or buy a movie. Yeah, we've learned that. Well, here's here's another complication, though. I mean, when like okay, so this happened with Blade Runner, right? All that would have affected was sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's in a shared universe now. So what happens going forward if the Snyder Cut is suddenly declared to be the canon version? How does that affect Wonder Woman 84? Right. How does that affect the movies going forward? And how jarring is that for people who didn't see the Snyder Cut? Or if they don't use the Snyder Cut as the canon version? I mean, I mean, it just when, when there's a shared universe, it adds even more layers of complication. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And that's why they should have just blown the whole thing up. And they were, <laughs> they were headed that way, you know? Like, yeah. The whole thing. Well, if, if you watch the teaser, though, they were really smart about it. They used Gal Gadot in the teaser, you know, because that really is probably the best movie that they they put out in terms of of, of this DCEU. 
and but they're using her. They tease Dark Side instead of that awful Steppenwolf version. Uh, you know that kind of thing. And the only precedent I can think of is Superman Two. You know the Donner cut is very different from the original Richard Lester theatrical. So I don't know. It's 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 going to be up in the air. <laughs> All right. Well, let's stop beating up on DC and the decisions they're making. Um, and let's move on to the roundtable rewind. Right, we will move fast this time, Dwayne. I promise. <laughs> we, 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 got, we all got worked up on a couple of the uh, headline news items. All right. So uh, first item on the rewind is comics distribution wars. Uh, and I think since the last time we recorded, DC announced that they're completely severing ties with Diamond. Yes. Am I right about that? That's correct. Okay, you're our DC uh, guru, Sammy. What are your thoughts about that? Um, well, you know, I mean, I think it's a situation of, I think competition can breed better quality. Uh, but I know that from just the standpoint of a comic shop, you know, I've got a lot of friends who work at comic shops. And this is making it really difficult for them because they normally post one order a month to get all their comics, all their merchandise. Now with DC doing this, and they're even using comic books, certain comic book stores in certain areas as their distributor. So I don't know if that's maybe giving a little bit of an edge to uh, certain comic book kind of stores and things as far as that goes. Um, but I do know that Chuck Rosansky, who's the owner of Mile High Comics, is not happy at all about this. Uh, after DC made the announcement, his um, his code word for sales was DC sucks. Uh, and so that was his sale code word for that week. So just to give you an idea about how some distributors are feeling about this. So. What? Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think competition usually brings the best out of people and, you know, businesses. Um, competition makes people more creative. It makes them uh, just work harder and strive for better quality to stand out, to, to be distinct. And so I'm, I'm hoping it will be good for the industry in general because um, I'm imagining that a, a, an industry like the comic book industry is you know, a little more fragile than some other, you know, mediums. And uh, things like COVID nineteen, all the shutdowns, the breaks. I mean, it's. I mean, it might not bounce back as strongly as some other things. So I'm hoping that the competition helps. Right, but I think it just might help find a better way to do things. You know, I really. I mean, at least try. You know, at least mm-hmm. give an opportunity. I mean, I don't think there's anything that would prevent reverting it back to the old system if it doesn't work. You know, but I think it's gone on it's been this way for over 20 years right sam yeah it's because you know there used to be multiple distributors um capital was one diamond was one and those were your two last biggies before capital went under uh and then diamond has been the primary um kind of distributor for like you said probably close to 20 years so yeah because marvel tried to to step away and uh, kind of caused it all <laughs> Marvel and, now, yeah. Well, <laughs> decisions were made. Hey, it um, was worth a shot. <laughs> um, but I, but it's not just. I mean, which 
See, I, I only heard before all this happened, I only heard like Diamond hate. People were mad at Diamond all the time. And suddenly, like, DC does something different. Everybody loves Diamond now. So, <laughs> strikes me as a little funny. Um, but, I, but I have noticed that. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Kind of like Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that it's interesting that there seem to be some different business plans going on, not just different distribution models. I mean, distri- distri- distributors themselves. Um, there's a company that uh, Sammy uh, got me into called Allegiance Press, and they're just they're doing Walmart only releases. Um, and I think that's interesting because they used comics used to be sold on the newsstand next to newspapers and magazines. That's where mm-hmm. you got your comic books before they migrated to lo- local comic shops only. Um, that's interesting. Trying to go back to an older business model. We'll see if it works. <laughs> we'll see if there's more issues on their shelves in the months ahead. And there's a company called Bad Idea Comics. They're, they're doing no digital releases, no collections ever. You buy your single issues at your local comic shop or you don't get them. Um, and so there's just there's some innovation, some competition. You know, it's uncomfortable probably for a lot in the industry and for Dwayne who's listening and not caring. But it's probably good for the industry to have different methods, different avenues. All right, Dwayne, we'll move on. Uh, let's talk about Bill and Ted 3. And Dwayne can rejoin us. We're so excited with Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. And I know we didn't really know where they want to pick the story because Bill and Ted fixed the world. They had their concert, <laughs> bring peace to all humanity. But then something went wrong. But we find out what goes wrong in this trailer. They actually didn't write the song. They had the concert. They started off, but they never got the song written. So I love that we get the answer there to what the rub is for this movie. So they have to go on a journey through time, space, and dimensions to find that. Jim, you were excited to talk about this. Take take it away. You can't really tell much from the trailer, but I really just cannot wait just to see those characters um, especially, uh, you know, just hop through time. It looks like there's going to be hopping through time and we're going to have different uh, time streams, timelines while, while they search for the perfect song. I, I think it's a perfect uh, premise anyway. I really I really love the premise and I think they, it's going to be a lot of fun no matter what. And it's one of those movies where it could be the worst movie in the world, but it's not going to matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there is a just the fact that this movie exists and it's going to happen yeah. and will actually be uh, released on the same weekend as Tenet. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, and I think, um, I think there's so much goodwill bought with Keanu Reeves and his recent, uh, uh, you know, his, his recent, uh, his, his, his uh, you know, the recent career that he's had and, and uh, appearances he's made that I don't see quality affecting the success of this movie one bit. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think, you know, seeing, seeing uh, Keanu and uh, Alex Winter uh, re-inhabit these characters, you know, and Jim, like you said, the recent, uh, you know, turn that Keanu's had in his career, his, I guess you could say, rise to Satanism almost. <laughs> um, he's, uh, you know, just, just going to be wonderful. It, it looks like they got the vibe and feel back. Like there was just muscle memory. Like they got on set, they grew the weird hair, and like the muscle memory took over and they're Bill and Ted again. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing those two actors being those, you know, dudes again. 
Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, don't you wish that we could be like we were when Bill and Ted was out? I mean, but they get to actually live it. They actually get to do that. <laughs> I think it's a lot of a wish fulfillment, you know? It's like, you know, if I were, well, I guess I was in high school when the first one came out. I was uh, you know, somewhere in, the, in high school. And um, <laughs> I would love to be able to revert to that. Maybe I do every day. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it's a nice little, well, and one thing I do want to say, before I might I might, I might get off, but um, uh, I'm gonna miss Rufus. Yeah, I think yeah. probably I'm gonna be missed, but I hope yeah. they have some sort of replacement uh, in mind. So, but we did get Death back, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe they can borrow Marvel's time machine and uh, and bring a little George Carlin back. Mm-hmm. But I do suspect they're all too old for Twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next item for the rewind is uh, Kirkman has revealed the cause of the virus in The Walking Dead. Um, I love Robert Kirkman. Uh, I, I love his writing. I love his just his whole approach to life. I just love his attitude. And uh, even when he says things that like you know make you think he has a foot-shaped mouth um i i I just i love the guy um but he announced this week was it i forget might have been last week i don't know what day it is um that the cause okay first of all does it matter does anybody care i actually like not knowing like when you have your zombie movies and you just wake up and everybody's zombies or you know like you have in world war z you have in your day of the dead you know, Donald, everyone's just, it just happens. There's no explanation. Okay. Jim, you don't know yet. Do you care? Do you think it matters for the story? I, I'm curious. I, I don't think it matters for the story. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it, it's a cash cow right now. I mean, whatever, you know, it's just, it's just pretty money. You know, at this point, <laughs> the book's done. They killed Glenn. I stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, Sammy and I both know, so I don't. I'm not gonna ask him. But, <laughs> um, but I don't think it matters, and I think he just got tired of people asking him on Twitter because <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it's not the point. The whole point is the drama, the exploring human nature in insane circumstances. That's the whole point. It does not matter how it starts. I just think he really got tired of all the Twitter questions and, you know, the, every con he goes through, he's probably you know, besieged with people wanting to know. And so, okay, so here's the deal. It's space spores. It's extraterrestrial in nature. <laughs> well, I mean, there, was it a weaponized, were they weaponized space spores or were they just, do we even know that yet? Well, here's the thing <laughs> that I find really interesting, Okay. Kirkman has said from the beginning, you know, a lot of of his drive to do The Walking Dead was because of his love of George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And this is actually a little bit of a callback to that old original low-budget movie. Uh, That's what's caused it there. It was a space probe returning from Venus that caused that you know caused the outbreak so i don't know if this is kirkman's little nod to romero (laughs) or if it's just like you said a way to get twitter to leave him alone i don't know but um 
But I like the little callback nod. You know, I like the homage to Romero. So I just don't think it matters. Nah. I mean, it's it's just it's just such an off the point. Well, I mean, we've had COVID nineteen. We've had murder hornets. <laughs> We're having Sahara dust. So why not space spores? <laughs> <laughs> it probably is the year to announce it. Okay, our last bit of uh, the rewind is some sad news. So, Sammy, you, uh, I think you put together this list. Why don't you, uh, you know, start, I'll start the sad music and the, and the tears, and you can read the list. All right. You know. June, I think, you know, as far as this summer, I think it's been it's been tough in the nerd verse anyway. Right. All these movies that we've looked forward to have, have been pushed back, uh, you know, all the issues with comics. So, so the nerd verse has been, have been you know, kind of a, a sad place. Um, and unfortunately, over the past just month of June, we've lost four creative talents also. And I just wanted to take a moment just to kind of talk about these these gentlemen specifically um and, and i'm sure there are probably more but these these four really jumped out um you know during the month of june we lost sir ian holm joel schumacher denny o'neill and just re- most recently joe Sennett. um and, and it's just one of those things that these four gentlemen are such a huge part of pop culture and the different areas of pop culture um that i just thought we needed to kind of at least touch on it so what about Ian Holm, guys? I mean, as far as an actor, as far as his movies, what was your first uh, introduction to Ian Holm as an actor? Alien. Yeah, it has yep. to be Alien. Yeah, Alien would definitely be mine. You know, um, Alien, I was reintroduced to him in The Fifth Element um, after say, kind of losing father, track of him. Father Vito Cornelius. Cornelius. <laughs> Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And memorably as uh, Bilbo. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- Bilbo probably Baggins. his most famous role, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. He, uh, he, he you know, Mr. Holm, uh, Sir Ian Holm, it was one of these guys. He just was so lovable. So, you know, and he was like a chameleon. He was always that lovable chameleon. He always brought heart and soul to every role I've ever seen him in. Um, yeah. He, he just was so great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I know um, our, our next one is, is Joel Schumacher. <laughs> to a lot of nerds, probably not as beloved as Ian Holm. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin leaves a, it's a lingering odor for Batman and Robin. You know, it, you know, I do know that, you know, the Batman, those two Batman movies are, are kind of what he stuck with. Um, but you know what? The, the really the movie that I was first introduced to him as director was the lost boys. And yeah. I love the lost boys. Uh, it is probably one of my favorite vampire type movies. Uh, just the inclusion of the frog brothers alone, uh, the connections to comics throughout that movie. Um, you know, that that's the movie that stands out. Yeah. I know we've got Batman forever, and Batman <laughs> Europa, but uh, to me, but that, that, that was his the- love letter to, uh, Batman 66, yeah. in my opinion. But, you know. It's a pretty good filmography, though. I mean, he directed mm-hmm. Flatliners, which, you know, maybe not the best movie ever. It's a visually interesting movie. I enjoy Flatliners a lot. Um, Falling, Falling Down. Down. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> the Client, but maybe the best Grisham adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, A Time to Kill is another one. Um, I mean, there's some good stuff in your 8mm. I mean, St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. 
I mean, he's made some good flicks. I mean, if you can get over the Batman movies, <laughs> there's some good stuff in that filmography. Hey, at least he swung for the fences. Hey. And apparently didn't didn't apologize too often about it. No. Uh, didn't apologize for his work. And the and then so the next on the list was Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill. Uh, now, if you are not a comic book person, you may not know Denny O'Neill as much. But Denny O'Neill was probably as important to Batman as anybody else that we've talked about on this show. Uh, Denny O'Neill was the writer that turned Batman from Batman 66 into the Batman we know. A lot of people want to say Frank Miller's Dark Knight is is who changed Batman to make him more realistic. But it actually was Denny O'Neill back 10, 15 years before even Dark Knight. Um, the new look Batman, they called it. And it was his work with Neil Adams uh, that really looked at social issues in Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and a number of books. He was an editor. He was, you know, a writer. He worked for about everybody under the sun. He worked for Marvel for a little bit. He's best known for DC. He worked at Charlton. That was one of his early jobs is at Charlton Comics. So, I mean, uh, I, I think he wrote under, I can't remember what his name is, Seamus Shaughnessy or something like that was his <laughs> pen name that that he wrote, something O'Shaughnessy. So, uh, you know, but uh, he was a big force in, in writing, and he was one of those writers that stuck out to me when I was looking at, at comics. So. Yeah. And the last one is probably not as well known as Denny O'Neill, but he's another comic book uh, worker, um, largely because of his role. Uh, he was primarily mm-hmm. an inker. He did some penciling, but he was you know, most famous as an inker. And probably, um, this is all well before my time, and we've discussed in past, I, I struggle reading older comics. Um, <laughs> but I, I know him most as being the guy that when he was working on the Fantastic Four, inking Kirby was when it was at its best. That there was something yes. magical about Senate and Kirby working together. Um, and he seems beloved. I mean, I, I don't, I can't, I have never come across anybody that did just glow when they talked about Joe Cena. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about his fantastic four run, he inked fantastic four from 1965 to 1981. He was the inker on fantastic four. So he, Kirby, he inked John Byrne. He inked George Perez. He inked John Buscema. Uh, Inker that I really started paying attention to when he worked on Thor with Ron Friends, uh, but he did the Avengers, he did the Defenders. I mean, he's he's just one of those old school comic book guys, and still love the medium. And and like you said, everybody loved him. He was just so beloved in the community. Um, everybody talked about him, you know, and, and just how wonderful and gracious he was. Um, so it, it's just, it's sad, you know, when we lose these creative forces, you know, whether it be Ian Holm or, or Denny O'Neill or, or Joe Sennett. So. Yeah. It's a, one of those sad reminders of our mortality. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's not what, not what's in the crystal ball for us anytime soon. Time for Trelawney time. Dad, what time is it? It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. 
addiction. Baby, don't you whine. It's romantic. It's romantic time. All right, so we're going to take just a few moments here before we hand everything over to Jim and talk about. Um, out of all of these movies that have been rescheduled, what is the one you're most looking forward to? Maybe you're not sure it's going to be good, but the one you're most looking forward to seeing in theaters again. So, Jim, you're our guest. We're going to give you the pride of place, the privilege of going first. What is your most anticipated movie after the Rona? Fast and Furious. I had to wait a long time <laughs> for Justice for Pond. <laughs> <laughs> had to wait another day because of the full year. So mm-hmm. around April, uh, May, I believe. Um, I, I can't justice for Han. I mean, that's what I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't care about anything else that happened in that movie. <laughs> some form of some likeness of him is present in the movie. I need to know. I need to know if it's a flashback. I don't know if it's him. All I know is that with the tagline "Justice for Han." I can't even think about it without just getting, uh, you know, just getting so frustrated that we have to wait all this time. <laughs> it is my new favorite franchise, um, and we can talk about that someday. But uh, out of every movie franchise in movie history, that has actually become my favorite. And wow! I, yes, and we we and I can. I could really go over that with all of you uh, one day. Uh, maybe we'll drive all your listeners away. But um, <laughs> that would be a very interesting I'm listen. Ready to send, I'm ready to send, if someone wants to stop me on the street and ask me why Fast and Furious, <laughs> they want to debate me, I will. I'll defend it. But that's the movie I'm waiting for. Um, you know, we have eight months now, nine months. You know, but it was one of the first movies that was rescheduled. So. Um, well, well, Jim, I'm going to let you on a little secret. We've made a, an open promise uh, on the podcast that if people request things through our uh, email at roundtablenerds at gmail.com, we will do the request. So That's right. Just saying. <laughs> and if you want to do, I mean, it's, it's getting on ninth. This is, this is the ninth one. So, you know, it it, it has the, the catalog that we could actually go one through nine and, and compare it to the other great franchises in movie history. So. That would be a lot of work. I've only seen two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I've only seen three, and I thought we were up to like Fast and Furious 75 by now. But uh, (laughs) that's that's what I'm waiting for the most. That's that's awesome. That is is great. Well, I'm going to jump in here next. um, And a movie that I really was not on my radar. Love the director. Love the work that he's did in the past. I don't think anybody had any idea what this movie was going to be. We've already talked about it a little bit, but Tenet. It was holding off on not being rescheduled, but now that they've rescheduled, it gets it's eligible for the list. So I'm, I'm <laughs> going to go with Tenet. Also, um, I know that's such a big movie, but I'm really looking forward to the Black Widow movie. Just to see what they do with that. Yeah, just to see where they take that character. And, and you know, I get to see Jim Hopper in a in a superhero suit. So. There you go. <laughs> Joy can't find a role he can't be in. Stuck an extra one in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sammy, what, what's your most anticipated movie? All right. Most anticipated for me, obviously. <laughs> As a DC guy, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984. Um, 
I'm really excited about Kristen Wiig's Cheetah. And, uh, you know, there's things that I'm still not sure about with the movie, but that's an aspect I love. I love Cheetah as a character. Um, I think Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian is going to be pretty good in it. Maxwell Lord's not one of my favorite characters. You know, he killed my Ted Cord. But, uh, you know, beyond that, um, I'm looking forward to 84. I really am. So I, I want to see where they're going to take Wonder Woman next and see if they can build upon, hopefully, getting some momentum going in the DCEU uh, to maybe get that franchise back to where hopefully it can be palatable by more people than just fans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to swerve a little bit. Um, For me, this is not like a huge, you know, (laughs) indie flick or anything, but like um, there was a movie that came out whose trailer absolutely knocked my socks off and got me really excited. It's not one of my favorite franchises or anything, but the trailer blew me away. It's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, That was one of the best trailers Mm -hmm. I've seen in a long time. And and so I'm really excited. And I checked the, today for the date on that, man. That thing got pushed out so far. <laughs> I think it's like July of next year or something. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but that trailer really, really blew me away. And I need to see that. I think the tone of it is just going to be spot on. Uh, Paul Rudd looks perfect. I mean, as we imagined he would be. But, like, Paul Rudd looks perfect for that world, for that genre, you know, genre that... Yeah. Um, uh, franchise, but like, yeah, so Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I'm going to cheat like Dwayne a little bit. I'm so intrigued by Matrix 4 for one aspect. All the people in that movie who returned were the ones that died. So, <laughs> so like, okay, how are we doing this? I just need to, under, I just, I mean, I need to have that explained to me how this is going to work. That's all. I, I'm not, I'm not excited for the movie. I need an explanation for who, how this cast came together. So. There and that go. one got pushed back to 2022. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a final note, if um, since I'm usually on here with Heather, I already know what her answer would be. And okay. uh, just, just, just okay. throw that out there. Uh, have we all given up on New Mutants? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that's my, what I was making reference to before we started. Maybe I'm still not sure if we're going to see. <laughs> my, my head hurts thinking about New Mutants. <laughs> If I was convinced it was really going to come out in August, I would have said that. Yes. I'm not convinced. Oh. Was Maisie Williams still a minor when that movie was filmed? And the kid, the kid from uh, my brain is fried, guys. Uh, my brain is not working. The kid from um, Stranger Things, he yeah, hadn't even been arrested he... once yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Jim, we're glad to have you back. And one of the things we do in Trelawney Time is look forward into the future. And so there have been some exciting things and maybe some probably for you very frustrating things happening with WillCon. So why don't you give us a little update on WillCon? Okay. Well, we'll we'll look at our crystal ball and we're going to go forward to um, September 26th of 2020. And as of right now, the plan is to proceed with caution with having WillCon. We are not canceling at this point. Um you know, it's really, it's a really tough decision. You know, it's hard to make a responsible uh, decision as far as what to do. But uh, one of the great things is with Wilcon being a community show and we're not tied down to leases or contracts or anything where we would have to have deadlines as far as, as making a determination of what to do, we can leave it open. We can play it by ear. We have that luxury. And 
after talking to Sammy and uh, Marianne and a few people uh, in the Wilcon, with the Wilcon staff, um, we all want to leave the option open of having the show. And, yeah. you know, we're not sure how the scale is going to be. We don't know if we can have guests or, um, you know, it's all, it's all up in the air. We have to play it by ear. But the thing is, I'm fairly confident that if we just wanted to, if we wanted, if the date's open and we're able to, we can actually put something together and have a good time. And I think that's the most important thing. And, and it, it, we could still have something fun. Uh, we just don't know in what form or shape that would be. Um, however, I did have a great conversation with Cheryl Sullivan uh, at the Southside Mall, and uh, she's in agreement. You know, we can keep our we can keep our options open until that date. And if we have to move it back, you know, we can find a, a place on the calendar. But she's very supportive. The Southside Mall supportive of us being able to have a Wilcon uh, as soon as we can. Well, that's exciting. Uh, and I, I know just know, what, know about, what know about you and the other organizers. I mean, you're very, you know, careful, trustworthy people. So I feel, I feel like we're in good hands. So, mm-hmm. And we would never try to force something that um, would jeopardize anyone's safety. We want everyone just to have. But it, it's, a, it's a tough balance because, yes, we have the public health um, concerns. But we also have a community of especially kids that have had you know so many things their life i mean their lives uh, you know their their you know what they see as a normal life has been just uh, putting up evil and yeah yeah if we can have something where people can look forward to that just having a day of fun and um i talked about uh, we had talked about this earlier how even if it's just to get some of the friends that we didn't get to see during show season uh even mm-hmm. if we can all kind of get together in the same place and social distance and, and see each other i mean that would be even that would be worth well, Jim, speaking for myself, you know, last year at the Southside Mall, I mean, it was a phenomenal event. We had, I mean, people were just so wonderful to each other. It's, and the mall, I think, had commented about what a great crowd it was, being respectful of all the rules and each other. So, I mean, if that is the venue, you know, something similar to that, I mean, we've got the space. Mm-hmm. You know, just be careful, lay out these rules, lay out these expectations, and I am looking so forward to whatever, you know, we can drum up and be a part of and, you know, any help we can give for that. So that's some great news that, that this is going forward. And we do, I do appreciate your support, and I think, um, you know, it's it's hard because we don't, I mean, even to socialize and see the people that we would normally be able to give updates uh, to, yeah. we don't see them, we don't run into each other. Uh, right. all the time. So, I mean, having a podcast and having a voice uh, to actually reach uh, multiple people uh, is, unval- is invaluable right now. So I appreciate you guys letting me on. Oh, we love we love having you on. And, you know, just to throw that out there, everybody, you know, keep an eye on the Wilcon Facebook page. Uh, you know, mark that date out. If something is able to happen, you know, I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. All right, guys. Well, Jim, it's been great having you on the show. All right. Well, thank you, guys. And so, uh, so we're going to dodge the space, spo- space spores and keep it nerdy. 